How would you like to learn new skills and face exciting new challenges by becoming a medic in the Royal Air Force? RAF Medical Services offer a wide variety of roles with great benefits and exciting opportunities. I'm Lucy Coward and I've been talking to doctors, nurses, dentists and physiotherapists about what life is like in the RAF. These are no ordinary medics. They're trained to care for sick or injured military personnel and civilians, sometimes in areas of conflict both on the ground and in the air. This time I'm joined by RAF nurses Amy, Haley, and Chris, who tell me why it's such a fulfilling role. Amy started by telling me what attracted her to nursing in the first place. I think originally I come from a background of doing youth organisations. Um, I was in the Brownies, the Guides and the Venture Scouts. And I always wanted to do something with in uniform, I suppose. And it was a kind of a natural choice to join the armed forces. And I wanted to be uh, with like-minded people. And I always liked the caring um, professions. So nursing was, was a natural choice for me. And, and Hayley, you originally wanted to pursue music. Why make the switch? I mean, for me, caring profession has always been something that um, I think actually my, my parents thought I'd be quite good at. Um, I'd always looked after uh, my younger sister, my younger cousins. And I'd always, even throughout being, when I was a student at, at university doing my music degree, um, I had a part-time job as a lifeguard. So I still even then was like first aid, all that sort of stuff. Um, music uh, wasn't going to give me a career, if you like, um, but nursing was. Uh, so that's why I did the switch and uh, went and did my uh, training. I trained as a civilian, so I trained at Nottingham University um, and then joined the Air Force, started the application process for the Air Force in the third year of my nurse training um, and then worked for about four months as a civilian nurse uh, in the hospital that I, I trained at uh, and then joined the RAF. And Chris, do you think there are many differences between a civilian route and, and joining the RAF from the outset? I think, uh, we, uh, so it was quite different. We had our own military class at university, so we were all kind of cohorted together and we lived on a military barracks rather than um, halls of residence or anything like that. And so, yeah, there was a bit more of a, I suppose, an ethos. You know, you, you, you felt like you were in the military even though you are university, university. Once you've completed your training as a direct entrant nurse, as a nurse that's qualified in, in Civvy Street and then decided to join as a qualified nurse, once you arrive at your GHG, Joint Hospital Group... And what's um, that? They're like the little bubbles of military personnel that are within some of the NHS hospitals that we work in. If you are working alongside uh, some of the newly qualified military student nurses, they've got three years on us because they've done three years in the military at university, whereas I've done three years at university, but I haven't got that military experience. But it quite it works quite nicely because you can kind of get advice off some of the guys that have got those three years on you, but are essentially at the same place in their career, nurse-wise. So, Amy, you would say that that's not something that should should worry people from the outset. It doesn't matter which route you, you take. And I think the benefit of doing the student nurse pathway is you get the best of both worlds. You know, you're being paid to train whilst in the Air Force, but you're working alongside your NHS colleagues. Uh, but getting the benefits from the start that, that the military kind of kind of offer. But joining afterwards as a newly qualified nurse or even later on down your career, all those benefits are, are still available to you. Has there ever been a moment where you've thought what the heck am I doing 
No, I think the Air Force presents many challenges and your career can take many different pathways. So being in for 25 years, as you mentioned, I've done many different roles, but all those roles have offered something different. So maybe I was working, so I've been working in the secondary healthcare, so the hospital bases, okay? That brings a very different dynamic um, to other pathways of nursing, like primary healthcare within medical centres, which I am now. But, you know, each different um, job role, if you like, brings its own challenges, uh, but I've never kind of thought, what am I doing? I've always looked forward to the next challenge. I would say that I've had probably just as many hairy situations working in a, working alongside my NHS colleagues as, um, as my military colleagues. But yeah, ne- there's never been a moment when you think, oh, I shouldn't be here, or I shouldn't have done this. That's interesting because I think people automatically assume that it's going to be 10 times worse, perhaps, being a military nurse than it is one in the NHS. Myself, I've been deployed to Iraq three times, Afghanistan once, and various other kind of exercises. Uh, All of those have, you know, hairy moments. But the training that the Royal Air Force provides to deal with those kind of scenarios means that you go out there fully prepared. And although you may be sometimes in danger, you can always fall back on rely on your training. And we're there in a caring capacity and we're caring for our patients and our colleagues. So and that's kind of at the forefront of our um, kind of work ethos, really. What do you remember as being the hairiest moment? Personally, I think it was whilst I was um, in Afghanistan and coming under fire uh, or, or mortars, but you're, you're given the tools and the training to deal with those scenarios. And they're not constant. OK, they're not happening all the time, um, but your patients are your priority. Uh, and that's how you kind of um, deal with those situations. Because, Chris, deployment is part and parcel of doing what you do. Um, how does it feel in the days and weeks beforehand and then perhaps a few hours beforehand when you've been given your brief uh, as an RAF nurse to be to be waiting and ready and then going? Yeah, I think it changes as you go through your, um, through your career. The first time you deploy, it's all new and exciting. And um, you're kept quite busy, obviously, with all the pre-deployment training to make sure you know, you're, you're trained and ready and prepared for when you get there. Um, so that kind of distracts you a little bit. But obviously, yeah, it's quite exciting. And then as you move through your career and you deploy you know, two, three, four times, um, you kind of get used to it. Um, it's still quite exciting. Um, you know, a little bit nervous occasionally, depending on where you're going and what you're going to do. But um, yeah, I only come back from uh, Oman last year. So I've been back about a year from Oman. And then um, just before Christmas or over, around Christmas before and just past, I was away uh, vaccinating, um, helping the NHS with the, um, the COVID vaccinations. And how do you manage the culture shock of coming back from somewhere like Oman and then slotting back here? Well, I think the, the military helped you as well. So, you know, for, every, for when so when you're away, obviously, um, every if you're out the country for every nine days away, you you, uh, you, you earn that additional day's leave. So, you, you know, you don't just come back and have a weekend and you're back into work. So I think I had five weeks off when I got back. I did four months in a month. And then when I got back, I had five weeks off. So that really gives you time to um, relax. Obviously, spending time with the family is key after that amount of time away. And Amy, obviously, as you said, it's not it's not always about deployment. Could you give us a, an overview of what it's like day to day? So, yeah, so depending on what role you're in, whether you're in a hospital base, like Hayley mentioned, the joint hospital groups, whereas kind of our all was bread and butter working alongside our um, NHS colleagues for us to gain as much clinical experience as possible to prepare us for these deployments. Um, 
So day to day is is working within the hospital trusts, or you could be in our primary healthcare facilities, where I'm looking after the health of our servicemen and service women and their children and their dependents. So again, a very different cohort of people. You could be working within our mental health communities. So these are some of the kind of clinical roles, but we also have lots of different roles outside of nursing. So although we keep and maintain our clinical skills uh, in accordance with the uh, Nursing Midwifery Council uh, guidelines, we also have so many different opportunities to do something other than nursing for example in my career I've looked after the the recruits going through basic recruit training and I've looked after uh, a squadron there I've also been on the deployable aeromed response teams you know the first people perhaps into an area to provide that immediate primary health care facility obviously we go to lots of recruitment events and you know our sister services the army and the navy are always there and we work it's a quite a misconception so we work closely at home, in the NHS hospitals, overseas with the Army and the Navy. At the end of the day, we're Defence Medical Services. So we gain a lot from each other and a lot of our friends and colleagues are Navy and Army. Um, but the main difference with the Royal Air Force nurses is the air medical evacuation. OK, we're the only service that can go in a plane, in a helicopter and bring back our wounded and injured service persons from around the world. Okay, We can work on the hospital ships, we can work in the field hospitals, but our sister services can't do the AMED role, which we're trained to do. So there's so many different um, jobs to do and so many different things to get involved with other than nursing. And Hayley, what do you look for, apart from somebody who wants to do nursing or, or, or medicine? What is it? What's that special USP about somebody when you're looking to recruit nurses? Good question. Um, I think it's just someone that is able to work well in a team. One thing I found uh, working in the military and nursing in the military, you're never alone doing anything. You will always, um, as wherever you go, whatever you do, you're always part of a team. And it's really important that um, you fit into that team and that you work well within that team. Otherwise, mission just doesn't get accomplished. Um, but you also need to be quite resilient and quite robust. Um, and you also need to be willing to accept change, I think. Um, things change very quickly in the military um, and things change nursing-wise very, very quickly in the military. So you just need to be prepared um, to have to change plans the last minute. Um, you have to be prepared sometimes to um, maybe cancel plans that you had you know, you know what to expect because we're, you know, we're, we're always quite honest if people ask us a question and we'll answer it quite honestly. But until you're in that situation, you never really know how you're going to uh, react yourself. Um, I've had it before where, you know, I've been waiting to go away and I've been expecting to go away. And then all of a sudden, actually, yeah, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm, I'm staying. And that can sometimes have just as much um, an effect on your family than, say, going away last minute because they've made them preparations you've made them preparations you're ready to go away and then actually you're staying and i think from a nursing point of view uh, the type of nurses we're looking for are people who want to strive for excellence who who want to deliver cutting-edge military medicine who want to be the nurse leaders of the future and and drive change we need the passion behind their um and, and ambition to to develop and, and be creative that's what kind of we're looking for so I guess culturally, then working as an RAF nurse is, is very similar to that of an NHS nurse in that sense. 
Yeah, so, so it is very similar. So if you think about where we're working, we're working in hospitals, we're working in medical centres, okay? So we're trying to get our skills to the very best that they can be in preparing us for deployment. But we also want to strive for excellence, okay? We want to uh, ensure that we are the best at what we do so we can give the best to our patients. Promotion through the ranks is competitive because you're competing amongst your peers. Myself, for example, I started as a student nurse and then and did about 10 years within the ranks. And then I was successful in applying for my commission. So I commissioned from the ranks to the, the officer pathway, if you like. So there's always opportunities to um, better yourself professionally uh, and through the rank structure. Um, so that's the type of thing which is open to all RAF nurses uh, if, if they choose to do so. And then that feeds into then being able to specialise and, and focus on something particular. Yes. So we get lots of questions about nursing uh, specialities and we work in all the acute areas around the trust. So, you know, your emergency medicine, your ITU, your burns, your plastics, your surgical, your medical. And this is where we need our skill set to be. We need our nurses to be able to work um, confidently and competently in these areas. And so therefore we have extensive funding to train nurses in these areas and funding is available to all our nurses, no matter what rank you are, if you fancied after uh, maybe graduating from nursing school, you go and do your, your rotation programme, which is a fully supported preceptorship package to give, give them the confidence and consolidate their nursing skills. After that consolidation period, they might go, well, actually, I really want to work in, in medical nursing. Well, why don't you do your medical um, speciality? And obviously, with gaining more speciality, you gain more pay. Um, so they all have kind of financial kind of attributes, but also to develop as a clinician, which is what we're obviously after as well. And what about how you've, you slot in navigating personal changes? Well, I think the RAFs um, has moved on a lot since I first joined. There are a lot more, you know, there's options you know, for flexible learning, working from home, which is um, obviously really good for your work-life balance. And um, my partner's also serving. And actually, you know, um, we've both done 20 years this year and we've both obviously managed to stay in for that long and, uh, and continue that work-life balance and make it work with children. So it's, it's definitely achievable. And I think and the Air Force has, um, has improved a lot over the last few years with helping you on that side of things. We, we need to want to retain good people and to do that we have to adapt the way um, we kind of work flexible working is very big uh, there's lots of financial benefits now so for example there's a currently a trial for wraparound uh, childcare which looks at contributing to the cost of uh, breakfast and after school clubs for, for children you know um, contribute to education allowance so if your children are in full-time education uh, at a, a boarding school for example so we're supported um, even if you have children or if you don't have children you know that those support packages are there to retain nurses retain good people in the air force and that's for me has been key i mean um don't, i mean going away on long courses or deployments is difficult but i don't see it being any more difficult than keeping down another job where you have to maybe travel or go overseas or whatever it may be and that package for me has been key to keeping me in for 25 years don't get me wrong I've got a supportive family but all the way through my maternity and I've uh, adoption leave it's been absolutely second to none and I can't um, and I appreciate that and to retain people you know we need to be flexible as an organization and you know having later start times earlier finish times to 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 deal with childcare, or if you're both serving like Chris is in his family group then that's got to be vital for us to retain uh, people for the future and I think that's why you know our, our 
recruitment is, is so broad for nurses. And we're looking for the, the junior nurses right up to senior nurses who have got years of experience and leadership and management experience behind them. We recruit nurses up to the age of 47, which is amazing because we can get that full breadth of, of um, leadership qualities, which I think we can absolutely utilise within our service. I think that's a really key point. I had no idea that it was up to up to 47. I mean, uh, we welcome application if, if eligible from any nurse. OK, would be the adult nurses, mental health nurses. Uh, and we've recently um, will accept or look at dual qualified nurses so nurses who will hold an adult stroke child qualification or an adult stroke mental health. Again, opening the door to more people to join. Um, and obviously, the longer you've been nursing, the more skill sets you bring. I'm getting a really strong vibe that there's a really good support system. Absolutely. And it goes all the way up and all the way down the uh, like the chain of command. So even if you're really, really struggling, I've had moments where I've struggled slightly, but I've been really well supported by the medical officers in the med centres, uh, by my line managers and the support available, not not just to me as, as like serving personnel, but my family were also given the same sort of support network, even when I was away. Um, my, my family were given vouchers to go and get themselves a pizza express I think it was so yeah they were looked after as well and it's just nice knowing that like while you're away um, the, your family are being looked after and you know they're not just left wondering what you're doing and what you're up to um, they're kept informed. Tell me a bit about employee benefits. Yeah so obviously the pension package um, is a very very competitive pension but it's not just that, it's just day-to-day things, accommodation, it's all subsidised, it's married quarters, you could you could be in a three-bedroom house and it's still cheaper to be in a married quarter than it is to to rent privately, renting's quite expensive these days. So yeah, you're, you're looked after sort of family-wise and your family can, you know, they've got a home. Um, if you're single, then you are entitled to accommodation in, in one of the single accommodation blocks. The majority of them are en suite. You pay what it's worth paying so you can be paying 80 pound a month or something's ridiculous for your for your room and your and your bathroom and stuff which beats paying for a one-bedroom department which you're probably going to pay twice three four maybe even five times more than that a month um medical and dental care um for serving personnel obviously dental care is is all provided and is is all free prescriptions are free for us some medical centers uh, particularly ones abroad if you take your family uh, abroad to you for example to Cyprus then your dependents are looked after uh, via via the med centre out there so yeah there's there's loads and loads of different things that you're entitled to as as serving personnel free gym access um, who wouldn't want free gym access we look at a lot of questions about you know maternity and the the, the benefits of maternity leave I mean for me uh, when I had my when we had our first child I, I was off for 14 months, so six months on full pay. There was three months in statutory, and then I took three months unpaid, and then I stuck on my annual leave uh, on the end. So, and when I got back from a maternity leave, you know, we're well, you're well looked after. There's uh, there's return to fitness. Obviously, they appreciate that you've uh, uh, fitness may have lapsed during during the busy previous months, uh, and you're you're protected from deployment for a certain period. You know, all these things help enormously to obviously get your head around parenthood, uh, but also back into the work environment. Uh, which is which is amazing. And that was mirrored identically when um, I took adoption leave. So it was exactly the same. And Hayley, what do you say to somebody who is is, is weighing up whether um, to pursue nursing in the RAF or not? 
but it's the opportunities for me. Um, I've done stuff that I just wouldn't have done if I hadn't joined the military. Parades, Windsor parades, doing the Queen's Jubilee parade that I that we did. Um, I sing, there's an RF Spitfires choir um, that I sing with. So I had the opportunity during RF 100 a couple of years ago, singing at the Royal Abbott Hall. I've sang with Alfie Bow. I've sung on Strictly Come Dancing. We've recorded um, for the last couple of years, the Remembrance Results show on the Sunday night. Um, so the opportunity to go in and sing on Strictly Come Dancing, which is like prime time TV, you don't take leave for it. You you know, you get the time off without having to take your own leave to do it. It's brilliant. I think one of the best things that I did was uh, I was involved in the Optelping, which is when we um, we went to Tunisia to um, repatriate the, um, the injured tourists uh, from the terrorist attack there um, at the request of the, um, the Foreign Office. And so obviously that was quite a um, proud moment and, and something quite exciting to be involved in. The people are, um, they're like-minded, like yourself, you know, they're motivated, they want to be there. Um, and then other than that, the, the variation, you know, I don't think I've ever done the, the same job twice, whether that be on deployment or in the UK. You, you know, and as you do that, you meet different people uh, and you work in different places. And I don't, I don't think you can probably get that um, anywhere else. Echoing what, what Chris has said, I've met people 12 years ago at basic training that I still, we still meet up. Um, occasionally and and you know go and and hang out and stuff so it's the people it's the people that you work with I think for that for me there's twofold I've got the I've you know I've carried on the Olympic flag and the Paralympic flag at the Olympic Games in 2012 in front of the Queen and 80,000 people um, I delivered the last post at the Menning Gate with a group of uh, newly um, qualified recruits from basic training adventure training as in skiing downhill skiing caving climbing you name it the RAF has a club for it or the opportunity to do it so those are the kind of cool stuff that we get to do in works time and you know it's it's heavily subsidized or paid for from a clinical point of view some of the the moments which kind of stick in my mind is is being in those conflict areas and you're putting men and women on the plane home they've done their bits you've got them to where they are with your team of nurses and medics and all the support networks and they're flying home to their loved ones to be cared for i mean you, you can't you know replicate that anywhere else in nhs are you up to the challenge raf medical services is actively recruiting now to find out more about becoming a medic in the royal air force Search Royal Air Force Medical Services. Royal Air Force. No ordinary job.